Welcome to Trade Tactics. Trade Tactics was created to provide a platform for trade contractors to learn best practices for running and growing a business from other successful trade companies. Speaking of adding to the success of your company, Stack Construction Technology created Stack to help you win more jobs, free up your time, and make more money. Stack is a cloud-based pre-construction solution that powers plan, spec, and document management, team collaboration from the office to the field, and to clients and suppliers. Stack does cloud-based material and quantity takeoffs, provides project reporting and job analytics so you can track bids in real time. Check them out, stackct.com. You can log in, you get a free trial, it's easy to use, and their training and support is always free. Stack was created by trade workers for trade workers. Check it out. Get your life back, spend less time bidding jobs, bid more jobs, win more jobs, make more money, Check them out, stackct.com. These guys were trade contractors, created a solution that worked for them, and it's going to work for you too. Check them out, stackct.com. Today on the show, we're interviewing Danny Kerr from the Breakthrough Academy. Uh, Breakthrough Academy partners with trade companies to structure their entire business and anchor it with clear, achievable goals. During the interview with Danny Kerr today, we go into great detail about the tools and services BTA provides to their clients. Um, I've actually broken the interview into two parts because it was rather lengthy, so I broke it down to about two 35-minute halves. Uh, the first half of the interview, we talk about entrepreneurship, what it actually takes to be an entrepreneur and run a business. We talk about financial management. We talk about recruiting and just and so much more. Um, part two of the interview, we talk about retaining quality team members. We talk about on-site marketing, work-life balance, problem-solving, and just a ton more. I think you're going to find that this interview provides just a, a abundance of resources that you can use immediately and implement in your company immediately to help grow your company and, and really uh, add to the success of your company. You can check out Breakthrough Academy at btacademy.com. There's a ton, ton of information on there. And you can actually go to uh, btacademy.com forward slash download type in tt1219 and they will send you a ton of information um, some strategic planning forms cash flow forms some job description templates you can use you can implement those into your business immediately all right stay tuned this is a great interview like i said part one's about 35 minutes part two is about 35 minutes check it out you're gonna love it um, and i hope you enjoy thanks so much Let's say this. So we've got a candidate. You bring him on board. Um, how do you how do you take a company? Because I know when I was hiring people, I would bring them on board. I'd give them maybe <laughs> thirty minutes worth of training, and I'd be like, "Go do what I hired you to do." Right. So how do you how yeah. do you bring somebody in, assimilate them into the company, and then and then train them to be a, a, an active mm. member of that company? One thing we haven't been chatting about the whole time, we kind of skipped when we were talking org structure, but in organizational structure, when you build people's like goals that they need to achieve, mm -hmm. you actually bake those goals into their job description. So we've actually, we've, we've built them for every major industry, every major role, they're usually nine pages long each. They're quite extensive, but they go through the goals you need to achieve to hit your, your, your revenue, or the, yeah, the goals you need to achieve to be able to do your job and all the deliverables you need to do day to day to be able to know you're doing your job to hit those goals. That big document gives us a roadmap for what we're going to have to go train these people in. 
because we're saying, hey, we're holding you accountable to doing these things in the company and delivering these results at the end. So based on all these things, like setting up job sites, working with customer complaints, training the, you know, the field staff, whatever it is, I have to train you how to do all this stuff. Yeah. And if I don't at least show it to you and run you through it properly, I've done you a disservice in hiring you. Right? Yeah. So the, the employment agreement arguably dictates how the training program is laid out. And if you look at what we've talked about today, if you see the thread, the financials that tell us what the sales and the production plan needs to look like, right? Those sales and production plans need to tell us what the deliverables are for our employees that they need to achieve week to week, giving them goals. Those deliverables are then baked into the employment agreement. That employment agreement also actually tells us who our ideal candidate is and helps us with, with recruitment. And then it, was, it helps us with interviewing too of what to look for for the traits of these types of people. And then that tells us how to train these people. What level of experience are we, are we hiring for? Are we gonna hire a greenhorn? Are we gonna hire someone with minimum five years experience or someone with 10 years of experience? Because based on what our minimum threshold is, will also impact the salaries that we're going to give these people. Yeah. And it'll impact the way we design our training program. Because I'm hiring a greenhorn, my training program looks different than if I'm hiring people with minimum 10 years experience. Right? Yeah. So they're all linked to be like one big management machine. One, one thing connects to the other, connects to the other, and decision-making gets made in that linear process. Financials, org structure, recruitment, finally training. So to do training properly, you need to yeah, have that employment agreement drawn up, know what level of skill you're hiring for, and then build out a program that you're basically just referencing the employment agreement saying, right, okay, we need to show you how to do job site setup and cleanup. Right, we need to show you how to do on-site marketing. Right, we need to show you how to do customer walk-around. Right, we need to show you how to put numbers in the CRM system. All these things become like, like a checklist of things that you want to be able to say, I need to build a training process where those things will get covered. Yeah. So then we get our, our people, we've actually built all this for landscaping, painting, and renovations. We built like massive booklets, like standard operating procedures for a project manager that's 64 pages long, right? And what it does is it walks through the training days and each day what's covered and each hour what needs to be covered. It then builds out a massive like write-up of how to do each one of these things. Like how do you do a customer walk-around? What is appropriate attire to be wearing on the job site? And it has like specific instructions on how all this done, is done. And then at the very bottom of the standard operating procedure, we've created something called competency models. And these are things where we can grade people on how well they're doing in your job. So I can say in your customer walk around, it was good. You explained this. You went through the needs. You asked you know, where the crew kit goes. And I can check off all the things they've done well and put X's where they maybe didn't do so well. And I can assess these people, not only train them on how to do this stuff, but now I can assess them, they say, six months later on a standard. And then wherever I'm putting my little X's where they didn't do well, I can say that little X, that little sentence there, that pertains to a paragraph in your manual. And now these big standard operating procedures, which nobody reads anyways, is more <laughs> of a code sure. book. That's for sure. Totally. <laughs> right? So, and you, you these, actually, these you have a mechanism to, I mean, do your, your coaches actually go and show these, your clients how to implement these training programs? Yeah, and we built them all for them. So that's why we niched in certain industries. We built the whole thing, and now we just show them how to customize it a little bit for their organization and how to implement them effectively to train their staff. Let me tell you, I know a lot of uh, trade contractors right now that need to um, <laughs> tighten up their foreman's appearance because jorts and a dirty T-shirt is not representing their company well. <laughs> and I see it all the time. And I'm like, man, a little bit of a little bit of panache would go a long way <laughs> and jorts mm -hmm. does not send that message <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah, when, when your sites 
are clean. Your people are in, a, in company attire. Tra- trucks are wrapped. Signs are up. Like people gravitate towards you. Oh yeah. Oh, there's no question about it. I actually can't compliment a uh, an HVAC contractor that I I've been using for years because I was driving through a neighborhood, um, and I saw one of their service vans, and it was besides the fact that it was it was pristine. It had it, the the logo and the lettering and everything on it just screamed professionalism, um, mm-hmm. and it, to the point where it like caught my eye and I slowed down and I read everything on the side of the van and was like, man, if I need somebody to come to my house, that's the guy. That's who I want to come to my house because it just it just looked so good. And I when I, I I reached out to the owner and I said, hey, I just want to give you a heads up. I saw one of your service vans. Man, it looks great. And he said, Damien, that's service. Every time we go to somebody's house, we are marketing our company. Because mm-hmm. he's like, and if I, my guys show up in their, their van, I could have the best logo and lettering on it. If it's filthy, that's what people are going to remember. So when our vans yeah. go out, they're pristine. And I was like, well, it worked because, you know, I, <laughs> I would already use you, but I took the time to read everything on your van. So mm-hmm. it, it goes a long, long way. I, what do they say? First impressions is everything. So... Yeah, it's a form of marketing, right? It's a marketing cost, and um, on-site marketing is a very powerful thing to be able to do organically, and it's arguably, in this economy especially, it's probably the number one thing that will generate more work for you, referrals and, like, on-site marketing. You know what's funny? A lot of people. I'm sorry. I had a – this was years ago. I had a client. I was working on their house. It was this old farmhouse. I was doing some weatherization. Um, It's kind of improving the energy efficiency of the home, and I had this um, sandwich board that I always carried with me and it had my company's you know name and logo and, and phone number on it. And the, the, my client said to me, hey, you forgot to put your sign out. And I was so tired, I was working and, and I was like, yeah, it's okay. I, I'm not worried about it. And she was like, no, no, no. You do such good work. People need to, people need to know about you. And her and her daughter grabbed my sandwich board, walked down this really long driveway and set it up for me. And I was like, I was exhausted from just the work that we were doing. And, and I was like, I really appreciate that. And she was like, next time you go do work somewhere, you set that board out. I was like, yes, ma'am, <laughs> you got it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's you know, to the point of that is it's easy to, um, to get busy and forget how important on-site mm-hmm. marketing actually is because, you know, people, if they see you, especially if they're in the neighborhood, they see you working um, you know, they may have the same issue. I, I use windows as an example because a lot of times you go into these older communities and all the houses around the same time need windows and roof replacements. So if you're doing mm-hmm. it for one person, chances are pretty good somebody else in the neighborhood needs the services you're offering as well, especially if it's something along like a like a, a maintenance type thing. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, it's easy to forget. <laughs> a, 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 a roofing contractor told me once a very smart tactic for, for on-site marketing. He said, when you're producing a job, um, make a, 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 a iPhone video or whatever, a phone video of you guys on the site, just explaining to everybody what you guys are doing, you know, that you guys are in the area, that you're, you know, out there looking for more work. And if they need something like this done or see value in something that's being done to come, you know, give them a shout or even come by the site if they're concerned about noise or anything like that. Like a very, like, welcoming local video. Oh, wow. I like it. And then he puts it on Facebook and he, and he ad targets the exact geographical location that they're working in. Awesome. Yeah. Does he have statistics on that? Like how often that uh, it works? Did he, I don't know. He just said he just said it's a 
he says a deadly little tactic and awesome. I've never used it and I just like I was like hmm that is a smart little piece of it yeah, it know, really is that's a little gorilla, gorilla yeah. marketing right there I like it so yeah. so yeah. it's funny you hit on something earlier where you, you were talking about the manual the training manual and you were talking about um I forget how you put it but essentially you said the like the project managers on these job sites you you teach them about on-site marketing so I, I assume mm-hmm. that role that rolls into a greater sales process that you mm-hmm. share with the with your clients when they come out how does how do you mm-hmm. combine all of that together that's a good question but um i mean basically like marketing and sales connected in one big kahuna it's it's it starts with almost like the recruiting stuff we're talking about who's your ideal client right where do they hang out where do they spend their money what, what do they love what do they hate what's their values all this stuff right and you start to think about especially i i like thinking about where they spend their time and where they spend their money what are they doing nine to five? What are they doing five to nine? What are they doing on weekends? You know, where do they spend their money? What, what are the big purchase items they have? Because I'm a builder strategically partner with those people as well, right? So if you're a builder, partnering with engineers and designers is a very smart thing to do, right? Um, I remember a buddy of mine who ran a, um, a fitness company, like a personal trainer. We did this exercise together just for fun, and he just looks at his, all of his like ideal clients, and he's like, all these people own BMWs, and I was like, interesting. I was like, dude, go to the BMW dealership, talk to the sales reps, and see if they want like a to give a like free one month vouchers to anyone that buys a BMW. It's like a, a client thank you. Yeah. He's like, totally right. So these guys they get to give value, and as a result, they're sending ideal clients towards him, and he does one month of free training, builds a relationship, and it's his sales funnel. Huh. So it starts with identifying your ideal client, identifying their habits, their needs, their wants, their ha- they, where they spend their money, things like that. And then taking that and using it to market more directly towards your ideal client versus just market out in the, in the sea of everybody else marketing. I'll give you another really funny one. Uh, <laughs> me and my wife are at a, a big convention. It's like one of those like you know sex shop convention things, and uh, <laughs> everyone's selling this is whatever for your podcast. But everyone's selling dildos, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like dildo, 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 hot sauce. <laughs> and I'm like what? talking to the hot sauce guy, and I'm like. Why are you at a sex convention? He's like, I have found over the years that people that like this type of, you know, sex toy industry stuff also like spicy things. And I was just like, Brilliant. all right. Brilliant. So all the other booths <laughs> are struggling to sell the same thing to the people walking by. He's the only guy that's selling hot sauce. But awesome. he thought through, like, who's my ideal candidate, client? Where are they hanging out all the time? And he went a step further. Where do I show up where none of my competition is? Yeah. But it's all my ideal client there for a different purpose. Uh, that guy's got to be retired at this point. I'm sure he sold millions <laughs> of jars of hot sauce because that, that's brilliant because nobody there yeah. is selling hot sauce except for him. That's great. Totally. <laughs> that, that is, anyway. What a smart guy. You should have hired yeah, that guy. So, <laughs> I know. I should have hired that guy. It's, uh, it's, it's an interesting example of like thinking through your marketing properly, right? Yeah. So there's that kind of more creative side of it. And then there's actually literally just like the more number side of it, which is almost like your budget. Last fiscal year, what were all of our lead sources? How many leads did we get per source? How many jobs did we book per source? And how efficient, what was our lead acquisition cost per source? You'll start to see how Google AdWords actually performed for you, how referral marketing actually worked for you, how signs and flyers on your job site actually worked for you. Yeah. And it's funny, a lot of people don't do this, right? So, like, I remember worst decision I ever made in marketing. A guy called me to sell me Valpack. You ever seen these little, like, yeah, yeah. of, like, yep. 200 little coupons? And he's like, do you want to be in the Valpack? And I was like, 
eh, I don't know. He's like, we will get it. So I was running Edmonton, Alberta at the time. We will, we will get it to every single residential household in Edmonton, Alberta. And I was like, sounds good. And he's like, it's only be like, whatever it was like $4,000. And I was like, that's great. Like I could never send that many flyers to people for that cheap. So we sent it out to, you know, every single person and got zero leads mm. because our ideal customer wasn't looking in that valve pack. They weren't, they weren't researching through all that. Like it was just, we, I did no research, no understanding if this money was going to be spent properly and just got excited by the sales guy telling me that I needed it. What? Go do your own research before you go spend tons of money on marketing. Go see where your leads are actually coming in and where the actual ROI is coming to. Because you can get lots of leads, but they have to result in good sales. Yeah. And you go total number of leads generated by source divided by total number of revenue um, uh, generated by that source. And you start to get an idea of how much one lead in that, that, that source is, is worth to you. So uh, do you find that most people, uh, most of your clients, I mean, are they tracking that when, when they come to you? Or is that something Not when they... we No. No, yeah. After about a year to two years with us, they absolutely are. We have them set up on a CRM and project management software where they're tagging the lead source every time. But I'd say 80 to 90% coming to us are not. Um, But we can go through their jobs and say, where do you remember this coming? This is for bigger average job size. When you have like an 80 to $100,000 average job size, they can kind of remember where the the clients came from. And we we can reverse engineer it a little bit. Um, When you're, yeah, when you're running something like a, you know, $2,000 average job size, it is, you, know, you have to pick up a, a year or at least a few months of data to kind of see some of it come through. And usually a year of data is enough. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I mean, I, I know I, I didn't track any of it. I, I mean, I knew where, where a lot of my work came from, from word of mouth, that sort of thing, referrals. But uh, mm-hmm. when I first got into business, I was putting, I mean, flyers, I was Google ads. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I got a single job from a flyer, a Google ad, or any of my initial um, marketing efforts. But part of that is because I really didn't know, like you said, I, I was just kind of throwing a, a dart at a dartboard with blinders on. Cause I had no idea. I didn't even have an idea of my, what my clients looked like when I first mm-hmm. started out. I was like, I don't know, people that need stuff. <laughs> you know, and as the years went by, I, you know, I got an idea, you know, I was able to refine it a little better, but I never, I still, I never tracked what marketing dollars were effective and what weren't. So, yeah. huh, that would have been good yeah, to you, know. <laughs> you can't change what you don't see. Yeah. You know, that, ago, right? that's it. So let me ask you a question. So, so you've got all these, uh, these systems and procedures and processes and, and training, you know, how do you bring all of that together for your, so how do, how do you just pull all those tools together for your clients when they come see you? So because my background is in franchising, I literally just took what works best about franchising and developing a franchisee and got rid of all the technical, like sign a big massive contract and lock yourself up on turf and now you owe us royalties forever. I got rid of all the like hard stuff about, you know, franchises and got kept all the like good stuff that kind of makes sense so what franchises do is they onboard a new person they give them like you know x amount of weeks or whatever it is for like an onboarding training process to get them kind of started they then get them out in the field they start to have them do you know operate and then they do ongoing support by basically the good ones anyways do ongoing support by basically doing like weekly or bi-weekly goal setting with those franchisees and usually monthly or quarterly training sessions that they're continuing to sharpen their saw with Okay. That's how you onboard and develop a franchise. Okay. We do the same thing. 
Um, so first step is an assessment. Actually, I skipped this part with franchising, but you don't just hire anyone to run a franchise. Like, you have to make sure it's the right fit because you're investing a ton of your time, money, and your brand into this person, right? So we do the exact same thing. We start with an assessment. We say, is this a good fit for you? Is this a good fit for us? Let's get to know each other a little bit first, right? Okay, this is. Come through this six-week program. We call it Blueprint. It's very similar to you know a builder building a blueprint for a customer. It's kind of like a quasi-commitment. It's like, let's build this for you, you know, get it all down on paper first, make sure we're all happy with what we're about to go build in reality and build a relationship along the way too. So it makes it easier when we go into the actual build out, right? So we're building out, you know, basic budget, basic org structure, talking about job descriptions, giving them templates for that, helping them understand recruiting processes, giving them templates for that, helping them understand training programs, giving them templates for that, helping them understand sales process and marketing processes and helping them calculate how much, you know, leads and sales are getting per source and helping them understand their, 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 their time even, where they're spending their time and where they're not, and where they need to adjust to be able to, you know, make time to run the business itself. And at the end, of, it's a six-week program we put them through. It's about three hours a week, each week. By the time we're done that, they walk away with a head full of like, I know exactly where I need to go. I see how my business is going to be interlinked to be like one big machine. And I've got a big list of shit to get done now. Right? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. And so th then we're like, okay, great. Like, do you actually want to implement that? Because if you do, we've got a whole coaching program now where we can week by week help you implement one idea at a time and slowly integrate all these ideas while doing live tracking financially with you so we can look at your sales, your production, and your financials and see where your lowest hanging fruit is and help kind of strategically manage you. Um, and so then it goes into a series of bi-weekly meetings with a group of contractors and a coach, and they slowly go through implementing all these ideas. They're like a knowledge library so they can watch how-to videos along the way and then also get live coaching uh, from their coach. And then we do quarterly reviews. So we do one-on-one -on -one sit downs with them every quarter and help them make sure they're hitting their year end plan. So we do like a strategic plan at the beginning of the year. And then we break that down into quarterly reviews. Awesome. So awesome. yeah. And then on top of that, we just go on epic retreats and we have you know, <laughs> taking 200 people to Whistler and we're going to go bobsledding and snowmobiling and do a day of strategic planning in the, in the, in the boardroom or whatever. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a big community. For yeah, building I, I've seen well. your videos on your retreats. They look awesome. Awesome. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure the clients and your staff love them. And you do it twice a year? Yeah, so we have two major ones a year. We have the Winter Summit, um, and then we have the Summer Retreat. The Winter Summit's more of like strategic planning, building your one-page strategic plan, and then going out and, you know, we usually pick a different mountain every year, but going off snowmobiling and snowboarding and doing heliskiing this year with a small group and wow. do some cool stuff. And then summer retreat um is a bit more of like a getaway so uh we did you know like a fishing trip up in northern saskatchewan we had a big fishing derby with a bunch of our guys uh this year we're doing river rafting so we have like a helicopter fly to the back end of this massive river in squamish british columbia we do a three-day rafting trip down we camp on the riverside wow. bank um and then we're one we haven't done yet but we're looking at doing is some sort of like horse ranch um so we can do like a, a cookout at night and like ride these horses off into the mountains and then like you know we get way up in the hills with stars under us, sleeping in the stars kind of thing. So oh my God, these, these awesome. are like, totally. So these are like life experiences that I don't find people don't often do for themselves, but by being a part of this, it kind of forced them to go live their lives along the way as well, which is a big part of this. Uh, it's so. amazing. That's amazing. I'm sure, I'm sure that the, uh, you know, because business, we mentioned it earlier, it's all networking. And I'm sure when your clients come back and they're talking to their friends who are also entrepreneurs and business owners and things, and they're telling them about the, you know, helicopter ride they took for to raft three days and everything else. I'm sure they're like, oh, my God, I need to learn more about that company and what they have to offer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's just a value. Like one thing I'm going to talk to our guys about this year at our winter summit is you don't need to sell BTA to your people. Like literally just like help them. We've given you tools. Yeah. Go and use some of those tools to help your fellow contractors and like help your community properly. Um, that's the right way to grow. Our, our number one source of, of growth is referrals actually, which is which has been great. Um, and we've just really tried to be very non-transactional about everything. It's like, look, like we've given you stuff, like go help other people with it. And the right people come in slowly. You know, I had, I had a woman, she was the president of a, of a company. She was one of my best contract or one of my best, uh, um, uh, customers. I, w- mm-hmm. I was, we were just having like a casual meeting and she was giving me business advice and <laughs> time. I was too, um, I don't know what you would call it. Big headed. Stubborn stubborn i was just too stubborn i was like you don't know what you're talking about instead of thinking to myself here is a very successful business person been in business for Mm -hmm. you know as long as i've been alive maybe what she's saying there's some wisdom there i was like "Eh, i know what i'm doing but when i think back Mm -hmm. of it when i think back on what the advice she gave me i mean it was it was wisdom that could have immediately impacted my company um Mm -hmm. but you know (laughs) <laughs> it's like whatever i already know what it, i'm doing <laughs> yeah it, it, it's interesting the mindset of an entrepreneur you have to be very careful with because whether you have extreme success or extreme failure your brain does try to protect you often mm-hmm. and i do find a lot of people get caught up in like the blindness of their stubborn pride and, and i would be one to blame too at times like i'm just like i want something i've got an idea i want to do it my way and i'm pushing for it and then i realize like I was blinded by my own stubbornness, right? Sure. Um, you know, James, one of the one third owner in Breakthrough Academy, he he often reminds me. He was actually my coach, my boss years ago. Um, the painting organization I used to work with, but he's like Danny, like act like you've never arrived. He's like work until the day you die, knowing that you've never made it, and yeah. that's totally okay because it's more important to be on this little journey that we're on than to go and like make it to some like mirage sunset that we're never actually going to get to. Yeah. And so if you're constantly trying to get there, wherever there is, you're going to be massively disappointed by the end because you're going to waste all your time trying to get there, spend no time enjoying, you know, the kids and the family and the life experiences that come with that. And you will also shut yourself off from other people because you're like, I've got my thing, leave me alone versus like, tell me about your thing. Tell me why you think that way. Interesting. Right. Yeah. And, and that openness really changes people's thinking. I remember my first year ever running a business, I called um, my coach at the time. Um, I was in the, fran- the franchise system, and um, I was like, it was, we were painting houses, and I was like, dude, like, there's no way we can paint this house. I've got a 24-foot ladder, and it's a 35-foot gable, right? So it's a 35-foot <laughs> peak. Yeah. He's like, we've tried. I'm like, I'm not going up there on the roof. It's too steep, and yada, yada. And he just like, he's like, Danny, in like all my years of painting, there have never, there's never been a house that we haven't figured out how to paint. Call me back at the end of the day, and I expect an answer from you. Like stop being like a little wiener, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> tie two ladders together. So I hung up the phone. I was like, blah. So I go on site and I look at the 24 foot ladder and I look at the angle. It's gonna get maybe like 18, 19 feet plus my body line. Cause I'm just like, this isn't gonna work. I don't understand what he's talking about. And then I see my extension pole on the ground, and it's like a, you know a good 10, 15 foot extension pole. And I'm like, I wonder if I taped my brush to the end of my extension pole, and then cut a line on the trim board with my brush standing at the top of the ladder if I could reach that 35 foot gable sure enough the length worked painted the board moved on to the next job perfect but what, what like I remember about that so vividly was that I stopped being like I can't do this I can't do this I can't do this and my coach forced me 
to start asking like, how can I do this? And I immediately came up with an answer. Good. But if I just spent all my time being like, this can't happen, this can't happen, this can't happen, I never would have noticed the extension pole. I would have just been busy trying to figure out what I'm going to tell the customer. Yeah. What, yeah, and in what business, excuse you're going to come up with. <laughs> totally. And, and like to be a good entrepreneur, you must be a good problem solver. And in business, especially when you're stressed out, you do. You stop problem solving. And you need to not be of the mindset of like, we can do this with like blind, like no idea what you're doing. Or we can't do this and like stubborn and not being able to be open to the, you know, new ideas. You have to kind of always approach things with like, how can we do this? Yeah. If we had to figure this out, what would we do? And that involves asking lots of questions and talking to other people and being open-minded. Still being like, you know, somewhat determined in your own mindset, but not, not so much so that you're missing the fact that other people might actually be able to give you good advice. Yeah. So. Awesome. Anyway. Cool. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me you tied two ladders together. <laughs> oh my god i don't even want to tell you what i've been what else i did on the oh, years me, of painting. i have uh in the years and years so i've been in, in construction for probably 20 years now and that's the one image that always sticks in my mind is two i had a painter he actually tied two 40 foot ladders together oh my god and I came walking down the street, and I must had a heart attack. And you know, and there, it was. Uh, we get into that off, not on the podcast. <laughs> but I, that image yeah. of those two ladders tied together like that, and a painter at the very top, uh, it gives yeah. me, it keeps me awake at night sometimes. It's just that. Yeah, we can, get, we can get into safety on another podcast if you really want to. But yeah, it's interesting. I definitely sure. remember fearing my phone ringing when my crew's called sometimes oh, being yeah. like oh my god what have they done oh yeah um luckily 99 percent of the time it was fine i did have a couple falls i had one guy fall and bust his arm up but it's weird he was like it's okay i got a right arm i just hurt the left and he kept <laughs> <laughs> like, okay i will tell you sometimes I, I feel like painters in particular are some of the bravest contractors <laughs> in the world they're up there every day man so on nights so let me ask you a question. So how do people, how do they get in touch with you? Um, so probably the easiest are, is our website. So btacademy.com. So B is in Bravo, T is in Tango, and then Academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com. Mm -hmm. And then on the topic we talked about today, I think we've got a little like download page for everybody. So if they went to btacademy.com backslash download, so D-O-W-N-L-O-A-D, mm -hmm. um, you should be able to get the downloads from a lot of the topics. So like, I think we're giving them a little strategic planning form. We're going to give them a little like cash flow management form. We're going to give them a little job description, like a bunch of the stuff we actually talked about today. We're giving them little goodies, like things they can use for their business right away. Awesome. Um, when you get to that page, um, you guys have to use a product code. It's T is in Tango, T is in Tango, 1219. So TT1219. And uh, that should kick you off some civil downloads. And um, yeah, other than that, you can check out our website, which is what I said earlier, btacademy.com and uh, see what we're up to. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the interview today. Um, I'm sure you learned a lot listening to Danny. His depth of knowledge when it comes to running a business is is pretty impressive. As always, if you're looking to improve the productivity of your, your bidding process at work, go to stackct.com, log into your Stack account, check it out. That is a cloud-based solution. They offer plan, spec, and document management, team collaboration. Stack does cloud-based material and quantity takeoffs. Anywhere you have access to Wi-Fi, you have access to your Stack account, project reporting, their job analytics. It's fantastic. 
customer support and training always free. Check them out. Stack was created by trade workers for trade workers. These guys get it. They understand what's going on out in the field. They understand the challenges that trade contractors face. They're here to help. They're here to save you time, make you more money, and win you more jobs. Check them out, stackct.com. Also, check out Builder Tactics. Uh, we've got our online training program. going to be released at the end of January, beginning of February. As always, we have our manual for download. Uh, we will have a separate segment of the website specifically dedicated to trade tactics, so you can log on there. We can help train your foreman. We can help you with the success of your business. Check us out, buildertactics.com. And as always, check out the Construction Management Podcast. That is a wealth of information for anybody that wants to do anything with construction. Thanks a lot, and we really appreciate you listening.